This morning, uh, if you have your Bible with you, why don't you open it up and get ready? Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're entering the season called Advent. Now, Advent in the Christian calendar is a celebration of the, where the Christian church focuses in on the reality of the birth of Jesus as Christ, as King and as Lord of all. And at the same time, we celebrate that first inbreaking of God in Jesus, which was called a moment of advent or, or, or revelation. We've had that advent so we as the people of the kingdom of God, the people of Jesus, we also live in the um, expectation of another advent, of the return of Jesus, even as Jesus promised. So we're a people who live between the advents of the advent of Christ having come and the advent of Christ returning to make all things new. And in the middle of all of that, Jesus invites his people to be a an Advent people every single day. That's why he taught us to pray and empowered us to join him in the works of asking for the kingdom of God to come today, today, just like it will be at the full Advent of the return of God in Jesus. And so Advent is a really awesome time. It's a time of um, both uh, um, learning to focus in on the fact that we live in this place of two times. We live in the kingdom that's come and we're living in the kingdom that is coming and we're living in the kingdom that will be fully here and we, we're these people of great that learn to live in the, the sway and the tension of that reality of God having his way and bringing his kingdom into the earth. Um, Advent is also a great time of allowing the, the noise and the busyness of culture to just take its rightful place and move aside as we zero in on and intentionally focus on the fact that God loved us enough to send Jesus and that Jesus loved the Father enough and loved us enough to say, yes, Father, I'll do that. And so it's a time where we renew our hope in Jesus. We renew our expectations for what this life is meant to be about in Jesus. It's a time of anticipation and expectation. It's also a time of breakthrough and climax because in the birth of Christ, we see this crescendo reality of God moving into the earth in the birth of Jesus. Now, um, not that we would necessarily want today to be a threshold moment for you, Juanita, but we do want to pray for you because you're due next week, aren't you? So let's pray for Juanita. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your love and your kingdom plans and purposes for Juanita and Harold and the girls and this little one that's on the way and is just about ready to be born, like within a matter of days. I could only imagine, Lord, how they're feeling, with all the things they feel like they need to get ready and the expectation and the joy of being able to see this little one's face and hold them. Father, we pray your spirit come over Juanita. Just prepare her body, prepare the family spiritually and emotionally and, and, and just organisationally to be able to welcome this little one 
even as you, Lord, have your spirit all over this. We thank you for the joy of new life in children. Bless you, Anita, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I was just getting all stirred up there. It's like it's any, any day now. That's what it means to live with Jesus. This constant sense of his kingdom is here and it's breaking in all around us all of the time. Um, yesterday, <clears throat> my son Luke, he was out cycling with his friends in his triathlon club and it's, it was Luke's first ride back on the bike after um, getting over the, uh, the viral meningitis that he had a few weeks ago that the Lord healed him of through the p- prayers of his people. And before Luke left yesterday morning to go riding with his club, um, I did what all dads do at 5.30 in the morning, wearing their boxer shorts and looking very handsome at that time of day. I wandered out onto the front driveway and I just said, hang on, mate, let me pray for you. And so I just prayed for him before he went on his way. And then just before 7 a.m., I received a phone call to say that the team that Luke was riding with had an accident and two of his teammates were injured and their bikes broken and, um, and a, the whole group was a bit rattled by the whole experience. And that, in fact, his team over the past two days, yesterday and the day before, had accidents. The first time for many of them that they'd been involved in it. And I said, oh, mate, I think maybe next time we need to pray not just for you, but for your whole team. And he said, that'd be good. And then as, as I was talking to Luke about that, I was reminded of a time when I was 19, not long after giving my life to Jesus. And um, I was with a group of people that cycled from Townsville to Brisbane. And, um, excuse me, excuse me. That's what you do when you're 19. You get on a bike and ride from Townsville to Brisbane. I'm not sure if you do it at 46, but at 19 you do it. Um, and but the, it was with the uh, it was with the Bible Society, and the the monies that we raised was to raise money to help produce Bibles and deliver Bibles into third world nations and developing nations and even closed closed nations um, so that they might have Bibles. And I was reminded of a story one night on the way down. We would, we would often camp at these roadside sort of um, where you pull a caravan up or you set a tent. And then we'd, we'd, after a day of cycling, we'd sort of average about 150 kilometres a day. We'd get there, the, the, the bus or the, the support team would ride out in front of us in their little van all day. And then in the last hour of the day, they would sort of scoot down the road a bit and set up for us so that when we got there, um, we could um, get stuck into some food. And uh, we were sitting around the, f- the fire one night at one of these roadside camps, and the support car driver, um, every night we would tell stories about what we s- thought God was doing in our lives and the testimonies of Jesus as we would go down this road together. And this particular night, the a driver of the support vehicle said, I had a really powerful supernatural encounter with God today while you guys were all riding in that pack. 
and we said, well, what was that about? And he said that as he was driving along the road and he was in front of us, you know, 100 metres in his van, he said, I looked in the rear vision mirror and he said, I could see in front of the cycling pack, he said, I could see this massive angel just riding in front of the whole group as you went down the road. And it was interesting, that was the only time that that um, driver of the support vehicle saw an angelic presence. And it was actually the day that was our toughest ride. It was the, it was the biggest headwind. We were on a very dangerous part of the Bruce Highway and it w- it, there, was, there was a lot of obstacles. But we were cared for and we were kept safe. And this person said they had seen an angel leading us as we were riding down the road together. Now, I think that's pretty cool when I hear that sort of stuff. I go, wow. But the thing is, I have to take that out of my natural tendency to want to put that into an epic of Walt Disney category and actually realise this is the Christian worldview where God and humanity and the very thin veil that lives between the two of us is very often rend asunder and there's a great interplay between God and his created order. And we see this in the story this morning in Luke's account of when Mary has an encounter with the angel Gabriel and she is told that she will carry the Christ child. Now I share this this morning Because as we come into um, Advent, as we begin to take the next few weeks to really give our heart and our mind the discipline to focus in on the reality of the birth of Jesus, there will come with that great moments where the veil, the thin veil between God and us will open up to many of you again and you will have encounters with God You will have encounters with him, angelic beings, as his kingdom comes. So open your Bible, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have it with you, a Bible with you or your app, I'll put it up on the screen there for you. But it's Luke chapter 1, and we're going to pick up in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and what kind of greeting this might be. Isn't that interesting? Like, She's not troubled by the fact that there's an angel talking to her. It's what the angel is saying (laughs) that worries her. I find that very interesting that Luke would differentiate that in the text. And um, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and 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 give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. So he's reaching way back into some Old Testament promise of God. 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. So again, there's this declaration of difference between what's been until this point in history that the kings of God in the earth have been for a season and a time, but now is coming the one whose kingdom will not only start now, but it will never end. It will go on even as the age to come breaks in upon us. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who is said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried into the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And the account goes that at that moment, the child that was in Elizabeth's womb who was John the Baptist in the making, leapt with joy because Mary walked into the room. Advent is a time of God breaking through. Mary engages with an angel. We see other biblical accounts. Saul, who was later to become Paul in the New Testament, he was struck blind and led by the hand and given his sight back when Ananias healed him. Peter, in Acts 17, he was in prison and escaped when an earthquake happened, and then he led the whole family of the jailer's household into the kingdom of God. Peter had a dream about some offensive pigs and their feet that God was speaking to him about which led him to Cornelius's home, who was a man who feared God and saw Cornelius and all his family and friends come into the kingdom of God. And the reason, uh, and one of the uh, backstories of Cornelius as to why he even sought Peter out was that he himself had had a visitation of angels. In the sixth month, God broke through with visitation to Mary. God wants to and is about and will come to you and to me again this Advent because that is who he is by nature, a God of revelation. He wants to make himself known to you. And it's my understanding as I've been praying in the lead up to Advent this year that through dreams God will visit you, through visitations of angelic beings, God will visit you. Through being divinely healed as people pray for you, God will visit you. Through prophetic words that God spoke over your life maybe many, many years ago, they will come alive in your heart again and you'll welcome all of this because you know it's Jesus breaking through to you again and again and again. 
God is a God of breakthrough. Just last week, or two weeks ago, as we prayed for Luke in hospital, God's kingdom broke through and touched him and brought him back to health and strength again. God wants to come to you and he will. The vehicle with which and how he will do that, that's completely on his end. So you can be guaranteed it's at the most unlikely of times and even the most unlikely of vehicles in which God will make that revelation known to you. He will also use the traditional means of when you actually pray, he will commune with you. He will have conversation with you. When you open the scriptures and you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, he will engage with you as you open the scriptures. That in itself is incredibly supernatural as well. God not only wants to come to you and to me again this Advent, he wants to come to us as his people. And I think we've heard that again in, in that um, that little prophetic encouragement through 1 Peter 2, 9 that the Lord laid on Alistair's heart. God wants to come to us as a people with continual breakthroughs of his rule and his reign, of his love and his hope and his power, and he, un- and he also wants to come to our region, our region with his kingdom. It's interesting when you read that, go back through that account that I just read out, Luke mentions the geography of towns, villages and locations because God is interested in regions and towns and locations and all of those that are within them. I don't know what I just saw there, but I think I saw God um, about to visit you, Jerry. (laughs) I don't know what I saw there, but I think I just saw... God about to visit you. Keep your eyes open. He's coming to visit you. He wants to break through to our region because it's his heart that none would perish, but that all would come to know him and repent and, and know Jesus. This Advent, God's loving kingdom is for everyone and it's going to come crashing through. It's going to come crashing through in many and various ways. And not only is this an experience that we have one time when we meet Jesus, and not only is this a great hunger that we will experience when Jesus comes again in all his fullness, but it is a Christian experience that we have every single day as we ask the Spirit to lead us on into the things that Jesus is doing. The kingdom by nature is a breakthrough event happening every day. This is going to happen for many of us afresh this Advent. The kingdom um, or the Advent season, it's also a revelation about walking in the favour of God. Now, this is really interesting because, you know, we live in this context where so much of our life uh, in terms of finding favour means we have to either work the hardest to be seen or we have to shout the loudest in the hope that we'll be heard. We live in that kind of a context. So everyone's working hard to be seen or shouting the loudest to be heard. That that is not what it means to walk in favour. That is quite not what it means. It's the very antithesis of what it means. Here we see in this account 
Mary, in her experience, is declared highly favoured by God. The angel of the, went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. That word favour there means grace. Greetings, you who are highly graced. God is with you. Do not be afraid. You've found favour with God. Here we see that the favour of God that comes over Mary's life is purely at the initiative of the overflow of the loving heart of God. The initiative is all God. There's no good reason or sensible reward that's going on here at all for Mary. It's not like Mary's grown up thinking, I'm going to be the one and I'm going to live my life in such a way that the favour of God would come on me and I'll be picked to be the one that God would overshadow by his spirit and I will carry the Messiah through to birth. That's not... (laughs) It's purely on God's end. There's no good reason. There's no sensible reward. The only reason is that God says in this moment, I love Mary and I'm going to choose to do this. It's a bit like me with my children. I love you for no other reason than I can and I choose to do so. I can and I choose to do so. This Advent, it's a massive occasion to again remember and celebrate that in the person of Jesus, God is shouting to all of our hearts and to the heart of this world, I love you because I can and I choose to. That's what's going on this Advent. So this Christmas when people say to you, oh, yeah, what's it all about? You can, you can say to them, for no other reason than God is saying, I love you and I'm choosing to bring my love to you because I can. Ephesians 1, 5 reads like this. Paul wrote, God predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's lavished upon us with all wisdom and understanding isn't that amazing isn't that amazing that in accordance with God's pleasure and will He pours out his kingdom over us. He breaks in with the revelation of his love over over us. It's not an effort on God's end. It's not because, oh, God, I have to. No, it's because this is who he is and he loves us and because he can and because he chooses to. This Advent, God comes to us, touching us with a revelation of favour, that our lives are lavished, that in meeting Jesus... Our lives are lavished according to the good pleasure of God. On Wednesday night down here at the vineyard, we had um, Steve Hathaway from New Zealand come and share his story of being an underwater uh, video cameraman and how he, as a young man at 16, gave his life to Jesus 
And at the same time, he was like, I really want to be a good Christian, but he felt terrible about the fact that he enjoyed being in the water and the ocean so much. And he had this great sense of tension in his life. It's like, oh, I can't enjoy that water too much. Surely that's not a good thing and God would not be pleased with me. So he tried for years to shut that part of who he was down so that he could just be, you know, given to God. And then one night he said he had a, um, a moment of revelation or uh, actually I don't know if it was a night swim or a day swim, but he had a revelation while he was swimming of the, um, the athlete from the chariots of fire, Eric Liddell. Liddell, I think that's how you say it, Eric Liddell. And he made that famous comment, I feel the pleasure of God when I'm running. And all of a sudden, Steve got set free from his religious framework and he realised that he was actually in the water with all of this capacity to film God's good creation under the waterline. He was actually engaging with the pleasure of God for his life. And he was completely set free and his whole life took on a whole new tangent and journey. It was a great testimony. Um, we'll, we'll have it up available on our SoundCloud soon for you to go back and listen to. But that's what God is doing this Advent. He's reconciling us to his favour, to his pleasure, to his will, to pour out upon us his forgiveness, to make us his children. And it's according to his wisdom and his understanding. And it's a huge invite from God's heart and actions to liberate us all from religious living. God wants to liberate us all from religious living and bring us into the bounty of a life lived in thanksgiving and response to the knowledge that God has said to all of us in Jesus, my favour is on you, I am for you. And from that place, we can live with incredible joy. I had a moment of incredible joy just last week um, in my t tripping around, seeing a number of the vineyard churches around Australia. Um, last, last weekend, I was preaching at one of the vineyard churches in Sydney. And as I was teaching, I, it was like the Holy Spirit came over me. And I almost just wanted to completely crumble and just stop and just weep because I was having this moment of the pleasures of God over my life that where it was like I was just in this moment and this space where I'd realized this is the grace of God on my life that I'm standing in front of you don't look at me like I'm some some great leader or you know got it all together person I'm just standing as a man favored by God and not because I did anything to warrant that but that because he loved me and he chose me and he wanted to do that. It was a great moment of joy for me. I had to stop and take a few gulps and kind of compose myself. It just came over me that lovingly of God. Advent is also a celebration of exchange. It's a moment of exchange where we can offer to God our known limitations and we can accept the invitation of God's declared capacity and purposes for our life. It's an invitation for exchange. I remember, um, you know, when, when I met Jesus and he put this big, you know, thing in my heart for him and his church and his kingdom and all of that, I was at the same time 
I was fighting these kind of conversations with the Lord like, hey God, that's really awesome, but I am only 19 and I'm not really a great student academically. And to be honest with you, I'm not all that together. And I've got a massive history that's littered with a whole bunch of shame attached to it. I just can't quite see how you're going to use me. For some of us, we may be in those moments of encounter with Jesus and our reply might be to him, but Lord, I'm only a housewife. Lord, I'm only a delivery driver. Lord, I'm only a young person. I'm too broken. I've got too much financial debt. I'm not married. Lord, I'm just, boom, 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 you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. Advent is a time where we can acknowledge our limitations and even our objections as the love of God comes over us again and to hand them honestly over to the Lord and in exchange welcome his loving plan for our life. In Luke, uh, Luke 1, 34, at when, when the angel of the Lord said to Mary, this is what's going to happen to you, her response was, how will this be? This is beyond my framework to be able to understand how this is actually going to play out. How will this be? Since I'm a virgin. And the, the angel of the Lord talks to her, and then the angel of the Lord says, after talking about the testimony of God on Elizabeth's life to give her a child in her old barren age, he points at the testimony of what God's already done in the earth and he says, see what I've done there? Nothing's impossible for God. I can do this with you too. It's an opportunity this Advent to lean into the stories of God that we have seen in each other to remind ourselves that he can do it for me too. This is why we need to, together with the saints, grasp how wide and deep is the love of God in Jesus Christ. Friends, nothing's impossible for God, especially when he's revealed to you what he wants for your life. There's, Of course, there will be moments of massive objection from within yourself, There'll be even massive objection from those around you. And in particular, there will be massive objection that comes out of the rule and reign of darkness that's opposed to you walking in the power of the Spirit of God. This Advent, though, is the best time. It's the time. It's a now moment for all of us to bring again all of our perceived and real impossibilities, everything that we put in the impossible category that we know Jesus has asked of us, to bring all of those impossibilities and in exchange welcome him to turn them upside down and let them become the possibilities of God, the possibilities of God. Not only for you or for me, but for us. We have a massive invitation from God coming on our doorstep in this next little while. And he's building his church and he's expanding his kingdom 
and he's inviting us to bring all of our present perceived impossibilities and we're asking in exchange that he would then give us his great plans and purposes. Why? Because nothing's impossible for him. Advent, finally, is also a season and a fresh invite from God to a servant life. Luke one thirty five reads, I, Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. The life of God's favour is experienced and engaged through the posture and the practices of being a servant in action. The life of God's favour is experienced and engaged with when we realise that we live each day with the recognition that when Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, she's saying, I am his. I belong to him. I trust you, God. I trust that you know what you're doing as you put your favour and your grace on my life. I trust you that to be everything that you want me to be, you're going to shape me, place me, move me, touch me, rebuke me, heal me for your greater plans and purposes in, in my life and for the well-being of those around me. Mary said, may it be to me as you have said. So in that moment, she's saying, as you have said, she's taking the posture of a servant. May it, may it be to us as God has said. This Advent, the ground of fresh invitation to a kingdom life and action is giving life and flourishing in the well-being that God has for your life. And there is no better place to live that out than from the posture of just being a servant, of being a servant. Lastly, I love what Mary did at the back end of this encounter after the angel left her. Straight away, the scriptures record. It says, at that moment, Mary got ready and hurried, hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. What did Mary do? She got ready and she hurried. She postured her life in the sense of the immediacy of God's kingdom breaking in over her life. <clears throat> you know, after the other, I was telling you the other night, John and I were walking through the streets of Melbourne praying these big, bold prayers that we wanted all of Melbourne to turn to Jesus. And so we were just reminding all of the spiritual darkness as well that it doesn't have the authority bigger than Jesus and it needed to move aside and let the kingdom of God have its way in this town. Well, anyway, I went to bed that night and the next morning I had to jump on a um, what they call a bus, a sky bus that goes from sort of downtown Melbourne to the airport. Anyway, I was one of the last guys on the bus and there was only one seat left and it was right up the very front and upstairs on the second level of the bus. And the seat at the very front on those buses is like this far away from the front window. And so you, you kind of sit in it and the window is like right there and there's no room at all and there's only one seat there and, and there's a guy sort of jammed in there in the corner with his backpack and so I just like, g'day, and sat out next to him and off we went for 30 minutes. Well, anyway, in the course of that 30 minutes, I got to meet this guy and um, he's from um, 
Belgium. He was from Belgium. And uh, he was in Australia backpacking, seeing Australia, having a wonderful time doing what, you know, young blokes do as they travel the world, seeing a bit of the world. And we spent 20 minutes talking about it all. He'd been in Australia for nearly 10 months. And then at the, at the sort of with about maybe half, not, not quite halfway to go, he says to me, now what do you do? I said, well, I pastor a church and I also um, help serve a whole movement of churches across this awesome country called Australia. And he said to me, wow, what does that mean? So I'm, well, leading question, I'll answer it. <laughs> and so, so I just stepped into this door and I crossed into this space that this was one of those moments of the immediacy of God that was being opened up right there in the front of this bus that I was jammed up against the windscreen. But as I spoke with this young man, I shared with him what I do now. And then he said to me that great question of, how did you end up doing this? So I went, well, and then I unpacked to him my whole story of meeting Jesus one night when I was a young bloke. And at this point, he says to me, I know God is wanting me, but I'm busy running. And I'm like, it's okay, mate. He knows where you are even when you're running. It's okay. He knows where you are. And so as we got to the airport, I, we had the opportunity and I just asked if I could just pray a blessing on his travels because he was going off to Thailand. And so I prayed a little bit of a blessing over him. There was no great kind of... The heavens parted, he fell to his knees and cried out, Oh God, I'm a sinner and I need saving. There was none of that. There was none of that. But there was obviously something of the favour of God for no other reason than God chose to, can and does, showered my life that made him feel comfortable enough to ask a few leading questions that I could then share my story of Jesus with him. And he you know, I don't know what God's going to do with that. I really don't have a clue. But there was a sense of immediacy. We prayed the night before that in that town we would, be, we would see people come closer to Jesus. And on the bus the next day, I think he came just that little bit closer to Jesus. My hope is that Jesus will just completely zonk him in the middle of his sleep one night and grab him. But anyway, um, this Advent, just like Mary did, she was activated, she was ready, she was looking for, there was this sense of the kingdom's coming, the purposes of God are breaking over my life. I have to somehow posture myself to be ready and welcoming and awake to the reality that God has a good plan for my life. That's given to us again this Advent. He's inviting us as his people to be ready for the inbreakings of his kingdom in our personal life and in the lives of the people that we work and live among on buses, on trains, on planes, on the streets we walk along and in the aisles of the shopping centres that we will be in this Christmas. God is bringing his kingdom. And the question therefore is, are we like Mary readying ourselves for the coming of the king this Advent? Let's finish up. Advent's here as we zero in on Jesus. Today the love of God is coming to you again and breaking through again. Today, he wants to bring fresh revelation that you walk with his favour on your life for no other reason than because he loves you, 
He can choose to do this and he does do this in Jesus. It's a moment of exchange this next few weeks. The opportunity to exchange our objections and our impossibilities for the, for the, the purposes in the kingdom of God. It's a fresh invite to let my life be lived according to what you say, God. Be servants of God and be a people who are activated by these encounters with God. Advent's pretty awesome, isn't it? Advent is an awesome season. So over the next couple of weeks, I invite you, pursue God for these things. Ask him for these things. Engage with him in these ways. His kingdom is breaking in all over you, all over again. All over again. Let's, let's, um, let's stand and pray as we just finish off. Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for the revelation of your love to us in Jesus, in his coming and his fulfilling of all of the prophetic words and utterances that the prophets had been prophesying, that when you came, Lord Jesus, in the, as, as a child born of Mary, we thank you that in that moment, your kingdom firmly, once and for all time, established itself in the earth now and for the age to come as well. And we thank you that we've had a taste of your kingdom, Lord. I thank you that in this room there are so many people with tastes of moments of your kingdom breaking through to them. And in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, I'm asking that this Advent there would be another wave of breakthrough revelations of Jesus to each and every person and every child and every family that is associated with this church and this place. Even the people that come and who are like strangers but come and eat and buy because they have no money and yet we feed and care for them through the Mercy Centre. Just even to the strangers, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let the revelation of Jesus come. Father, I pray that today there would be a great exchange take place. And I ask that you forgive us, Lord, for our unbelief. You've been nothing but good to us in Jesus. And we're sorry we continue to object to your love reshaping our life. Please forgive us. Just completely set us free from that, I pray. Wash that as far away from the, as the east is from the west. So remove that transgression from us, O oh God. Just wash it all away. I just speak the favour of God over you. I speak the favour of God over you, each and every one of you. You are highly, highly favoured by God. Highly favoured. Lord, let that land today. Let that land, I pray. 
May it be to us as you have said. As you have said, Lord.